What are the three biggest questions facing the Denver Broncos as they prepare for the NFL scouting combine on February 26th? We'll break that down and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Will the Denver Broncos have clarity on the situation surrounding Russell Wilson by the time the NFL scouting combine rolls around in just about two, two and a half weeks time as everybody kicks off and gets ready for the NFL offseason? Welcome into a brand new episode of the Lockdown Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Special shout out to all the everydayers. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day. Every single day, just a reminder, you can get Locked On Broncos every single day, all year long for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. So thanks so much for rocking with us, making us part of your routine every single day. We'll have you covered for all the news that you need, all the coverage and objective analysis surrounding the Denver Broncos as they approach the offseason. I'm Cody Rourke. I cover the Broncos for Mile High Sports as a reporter, joined alongside by Sarah Bettinger. He's the site expert over there, predominantlyorange.com. As we get close to the NFL scout and combine, this is always, I feel like, one of the more crucial junctures, Sarah, before really all the offseason stuff. Last year in free agency, the Broncos made some moves. We didn't get to hear from those signings at all, which was a little bit weird, and I expect that to be the standard once again as Sean Payton is the head coach here. If they sign anybody for agency, we're not going to get any press conference. You're just going to get an introduction to the team from their digital team there. Uh, but we do get to hear from George Payton. We do get to hear from Sean Payton here in the next couple of weeks as they go to Indianapolis for the scouting combine. And then we'll hear from them, obviously, in April after the NFL draft. So, I mean, there's a lot going on right now, and it's going to be a busy time in Broncos country. Probably one of the bigger things that everyone is fixated on, which is the most important position, the most important question for this team is quarterback. And what are the Broncos going to do at quarterback? This is one of the major questions that faces this franchise as they get ready for the combine here in a couple of weeks. And as of the time that we're recording this, we're obviously wondering what are they going to do with Russell Wilson, right? And that's going to determine what happens in the NFL draft because we know Sean Payton said at Super Bowl media week, you know, hey, we want to let Russell know sooner rather than later, you know, what decision we're going to make. And they're going to be having those conversations. It sounds like, Cody, to me, I feel like that kind of decision could happen either well before the scouting combine or during the combine, you don't want to drag that out because I think Russell will be able to have some options open there before even the start of free agency. Broncos could let him go and, and he could kind of get started with his future at any point in time here. So the I think those two sides are going to come to an agreement soon. And I think even if there's a chance, you and I talked about this yesterday after we we got done recording our show. Even if there's a chance that Russell does come back to the Broncos this year, I still think that first round pick, it, it could be the quarterback position. And so everybody's going to be wondering, hey, who are the Broncos visiting with at the scouting combine? Who are they having those, uh, they scheduling those private meetings with? Or who are they going to see at their pro day? Things like, who did George Payton and Sean Payton talk to? You know, everybody's going to be wondering all those sorts of things. Does Sean Payton finally know the jersey number of these quarterbacks that are in the NFL draft this year? So it starts with Russell Wilson, though. And I think that's the topic right now that's kind of the barrier between how do the Broncos move forward at the most important position on the roster? Well, and also as well, kind of preluding everything, the, the Broncos, George Payton. Remember, he and the Seahawks GM during the combine just a few years ago 
had conversations surrounding Russell Wilson, and that's what ultimately led to the trade to Denver there. So there will be some big, important conversations likely had. Obviously, we know a lot of agents are going to be there. So this is what I think they call the scouting combine, really kind of like the legal tampering period, essentially. Like this is It's not legal, but this is where a lot of those conversations happen off the books. So we'll see what comes to fruition here for the Broncos. I agree with you. You want to maybe have some clarity. But even like if you don't get clarity at the combine, I think going into it, and being able to evaluate all of these quarterbacks, because obviously everyone's going to have their eyes on them. And, and this is going to be interesting because the schedule, you're going to see the quarterbacks perform, but they have to go through a, a list of interviews. They have to go through you know different testing, medicals, and, and taking a look at different things here. And I know there are a lot of questions about some of these quarterbacks in this year's NFL draft from the medical standpoint, but I'm just very curious to see, is there anybody here that the Broncos see that they get a chance to talk to in person they watch them perform, and obviously the pro day will be a big aspect of it, but does a performance here at the Combine help solidify maybe how the team or how Sean Payton or George Payton feel about a particular player, especially a quarterback? And if that's the case, as Kay Adams had said, like, you're looking for a quarterback, do you, you need to fall in love with the quarterback? And he says, yeah, absolutely. So can the Broncos, can Sean Payton fall in love with a quarterback here at the NFL Combine? To me, that is a very, very interesting conversation to be had, and there's a great opportunity that they do. I think there's no better way to get to know a guy than these interviews because you brought it up, I think, in an episode a couple of weeks ago here on the show. The interviews that these uh, players have to like go through, there's some interesting questions. It's not just like, you know, what's your thoughts on a, you know, how would you be to cover six? Like, you'll get some questions like that, but then you're like, you know, in fifth grade, you know, you stole something from class and, you know, your teacher asked you, did you do it? Like, what was your, did you tell the truth? Did you give it back or whatever? Like they'll do things like that. They'll, they'll go back and they'll find stories. They'll reach out to old teachers that players have had. You may think I'm crazy listening to this folks. That's true. Like they're the amount of depth that the NFL goes into. That's why I always say the NFL is the feds because they have access and resources beyond imagination. Like you have something that needs to be solved. Just call the NFL. That's why they're so good at hiding a lot of other things that go on around the league. So I don't know, but then you look at this, Sarah, if Denver isn't sold necessarily on going out and getting a guy with pick number 12, right? There are options for them maybe on day two to look at from the quarterback position that, hey, if they do, in fact, because the reports, if they do somehow restructure with Russ and run it back with Russ, there are some other options out there that maybe they could build around and get acclimated to the system. I know that's not going to be popular, but that's also a possibility, which is why we have to talk about it. If it's possible, that's something we have to cover. And look, you mentioned the weird questions that quarterbacks are going to get. Who's going to get weirder questions than Spencer Rattler, right? I think all oh, of us geez. are kind of wondering the QB1 documentary, his kind of attitude back as a high school guy and what he was like and people questioning his leadership, transferring from Oklahoma, going to South Carolina. Like there, there's just so much going on there. So, But I think Spencer Rattler, as of the senior bowl, Cody, I mean, he's one of the guys that I see a lot of people have him rising up NFL draft boards all over the place. And and like Sean Payton said at Super Bowl week, you can only pay so much attention to that quote unquote NFL train that's that's going by, right? Where, where there's the hype and the oh, this guy's a senior bowl riser, and we love what we saw from him there. And he's such and such on this big board, and he's going this high in mock drafts. Like there's nuggets that you pull from that, but it's kind of like when somebody criticizes you and that you don't know you take the nugget of truth from it and you just kind of delete the rest out of your mind right so it, that's kind of how i think nfl teams approach this they do value some of that intel 
But like you mentioned, when you go to the combine, a few things are going to be extremely important. Number one, medicals. And those are going to be huge. If you're a fan of Michael Penix Jr., hey, you better hope that the combine medicals come back looking clean. And for any of these guys in this draft, Jaden Daniels, I mean, the, the guys that you're hoping the Broncos maybe go up for, J.J. McCarthy, the personal evaluation could be monstrous. I mean, there's a huge difference between what we see as far as, okay, we get to watch these guys play and we get to read articles and we get to, but you and I were talking about this yesterday about the Travis Kelsey thing and his podcast and how, you know, you, you used to not like Travis Kelsey, but then you start listening to the podcast and you start hearing him talk and you, you hear more of like kind of the guy that he is and the human being that he is. And you kind of start to fall in love with his humor a little bit. And you're like, man, maybe this guy's not so bad. To a degree, that's kind of what you're getting at the scouting combine, right? I know it's only a, a shorter meeting, but you're kind of looking as a team to give me a reason to fall in love with a quarterback. We see you play. We've broken down your tape. We like what we see there, but as a person and that whole story that Sean Payton has told about going to Lubbock, Texas, meeting Patrick Mahomes, liking the player, but then coming away from their private visit with him, loving the person, that's the the element of this evaluation that like, I just hope Broncos country really trusts Sean Payton's judgment as well as the other people that he has in that brain trust, George Payton, Cody Rager, Davis Webb, Joel Lombardi, Pete Carmichael. You're trusting this brain trust to fall in love with a, a player as a person, as a leader of a team, as somebody that you feel can be a franchise quarterback. If that happens, it's going to be happening when these guys are, are talking ball, not just what they see on tape. Well, just imagine, too, one of the bigger things. And look, there's so much that goes on behind the scenes that, as you mentioned, none of us, we we don't get information to that unless something comes out. But it's also teams are looking at when a guy walks into the room for the interview, what is his posture like? Is he upright? Does he make eye contact? Does he have a firm handshake? Like all these things you wouldn't believe they get factored into consideration as to whether or not they're going to like you, not only as a person, someone they may be interested in drafting, but also it can impact their player evaluation either positively or negatively going forward. It's a weird game that the NFL is, but it's very valid, and these things are coming up. February 26th will be the beginning of the NFL Scouting Combine. We're going to continue with our next question here surrounding the Broncos as they prepare for the Combine. What will the receiver room look like for them, and could never revamp that room going forward? That's something we'll break down here on today's brand-new episode. Lockdown Broncos. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at DoorDash. And what a football game that was last weekend. But as usual, the commercials, they stole the show in my book. DoorDash, they went all out for game day. And DoorDash stuff from all of the ads to one lucky winner, cars, snacks, and even tax software. And somehow they pulled it off. I'm bummed I didn't win it, but you got it handed to them. It was one heck of a delivery. DoorDash is the all-in-one app for your everyday needs, from restaurants and groceries to flowers and gifts so next time that you're running low on dinner ideas, pet supplies, or even time, you can get so much more than you realize delivered all directly to your doorstep. If you didn't have a chance to hit the grocery store last week and after the big game commotion, or maybe your bar cart has been mysteriously cleared out, we'll stock back up for the week ahead with delivery from DoorDash. Get some of your local and national favorites delivered directly to your door as well, especially if you are 
watching sports on the week and you don't want to go out and get something, have it delivered directly to your doorstep, like Illegal Pete's if you're in the Denver area. Whatever watch party or anything party you've got coming up, get it delivered with DoorDash. Football season may be over, but we're in the thick of basketball games the school year, and let's face it, winter. And I can think of a million reasons daily to order DoorDash. So hop on the app and make your day a little easier. DoorDash, your door to more. Head to the DoorDash app to get everything that you need delivered. What kind of major changes can we expect for the Denver Broncos at the wide receiver position in 2024? It's already kind of been teased, maybe kind of under the radar that only one of Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton could be back this coming season. We'll find out. We'll discuss that. And we'll talk about wide receivers at this year's NFL scouting combine on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. One of the major questions facing this team, the wide receiver position, who's going to be there in 2024. And you can get that as well as every other aspect of this team and roster, coaching staff, front office, storylines, questions, all that on Locked On Broncos every single day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day, free and available everywhere that you listen to podcasts as well as on YouTube where you can watch the show and sound off with other members of Broncos country in the comments section and get that information up to date every single day, including bonus episodes. Cody, off-season time is bonus mm. episode time for you and me. Oftentimes, folks, hey, we, we finished recording an episode. We immediately have to record another one because the Broncos are like, all right, we just we know they're done now. We got to break some news here for them. So, hey, <laughs> every just time. keep tuned in every single time, every time. So keep tuned in to Lockdown Broncos all offseason, especially with this wide receiver position, because, Cody, a report that kind of flew under the radar, Mike Cliss, our good friend over there at Nine News, he had an article come out a few weeks ago stating that he felt – that only one of Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy would be back on this Broncos team in 2024. Now, that is pretty substantial considering the stance the Broncos have taken with these two guys over the last, I don't know, year, two years almost. I guess Jerry Judy trade rumors kind of going back to that 2022 season. The Broncos have been unwilling to trade these two guys. Now we're at a fork in the road point, it feels like, where they may have to move on from one First of all, what's your opinion on that? And second of all, what do you think this kind of impact could be made in terms of how they scout this year's combine? I mean, it's it's tough to say because you look at where, where Denver's at. Jerry Judy, the dilemma with him is that, well, if you trade him this year to a team, obviously that team's going to have to be paying somewhere around 12, I think, what is it, 12 point. $12.9 million this year, if I'm not mistaken, for him because they exercised his they exercised his fifth year option last year. Cortland, you know, he's coming off of a year where he had 10 touchdown catches. He was by far their most productive wide receiver. It wasn't even close. Like Jerry was up there in terms of yardage close to Cortland. But when you talk about overall impact, game-changing plays, it was Cortland Sutton, and then there was nobody else really for you know country mile here. So uh, for me, it's okay. If you're going to part ways with one of them, who is it going to be? Like you mentioned, okay, well, if you look at Cortland, his trade value is probably very high. But at the same time, Sarah, I also asked the question, like knowing what Cortland did last year and the production you got from him, you know you're guaranteed to get playmaking from him. Jerry Judy has been so up and down, right? What is the better option for the Broncos at this point? Like that to me, I think is the bigger thing. And I feel like if Sean Payton had to choose, like let's say it's one or the other, part of me feels like Sean would keep Cortland over Jerry, but the dilemma is what team is going to trade for Jerry when they only get him for this season and they have to pay around $12 million for that with no guarantee of him going elsewhere, unless there was an agreement that if you trade 
Jerry to another team, that team has to sign him to an extension. Kind of what the Broncos, what the Dolphins did with Bradley Chubb and that trade there is that, hey, we're only going there if there was an extension on the table for it. But you look at Jerry's career, there hasn't been consistent enough production. It's been up and down. There's been some really good highs, but then there's obviously been some low lows. Where do you go? Like, I feel like that's kind of it kind of handcuffs the Broncos in this situation as it pertains to that. And I think that does impact maybe their evaluation on wide receivers in this year's combine. But at the same time, it's also a perfect time to evaluate because if you do like a wide receiver, and they would say this year's wide receiver class has a ton of talented playmakers. Obviously, you know, uh, a Dunze from Washington would be a wet dream, in my opinion, for the Broncos. But I know a wide receiver at pick number 12 would not be the popular pick here in Broncos country. How do you feel about these two guys here in the situation, the dynamics? Because I think they're going to evaluate receivers regardless. And if they do choose to get a receiver, it's really cost control for them because they're drafting a guy. You're going to have some flexibility financially for at least for a couple of seasons. If it's not round one, and if you get a guy in round three, well, you have a few years. Like you don't necessarily have to worry too much about it. Yeah, I'll I'll give you a name to watch out for in this year's draft is Ricky Pearsall from Florida. Cody, he he played for Kerry Colbert, the Broncos wide receiver coach, when he was at Florida. So Colbert was there in 2022. That was the year Pearsall came to Florida from Arizona State as a transfer. So there's a, a connections, the ties that bind in the NFL. I'll tell you what, those matter. They are very important. And I think that's a connection that could come into play. As far as it deals with Sutton versus Judy versus the top of this draft, I think that for the Broncos, you kind of have to look at Cortland Sutton age-wise. He's got two years left on his contract. Very favorable deal for some team to trade for, considering the fact that we talked about it, 121 QB rating when he was targeted this past season, which speaks to your point of, well, why would we trade that guy? He's the only guy producing in our offense. But I then look at a team like the Green Bay Packers. I know you're not going to be able to get the same type of return as the Packers got for Devontae Adams, obviously. But nice. you see, that would be nice. Hey, I would take it if somebody's willing to give it. But look, if you, if you trade a guy like Sutton, it's it's similar in some vague way to the, the move the Packers made to trade Devontae. It's like, why would you trade Devontae? He's your only guy who's producing. And, and then you start to get GM Brian Gutekunst, who's coming under all this fire for, man, he's so terrible at going after skill players in the first round. He never does it. He never helps Aaron Rodgers. He never gets him good guys. Uh, fast forward a couple years later here, Cody, and here we are. The Green Bay Packers have an enviable wide receiver group. And why is that? Well, it's because they've taken a bunch of darts in the NFL draft and they've thrown them at that position and they've hit on guys who fit what they do offensively extremely well. So I wouldn't mind seeing the Broncos reset the clock there in terms of that. And I just feel like Sutton is the guy, like you mentioned with Judy, the, the value compensation for Judy just seems so, I don't know, gray in a way. And with Sutton, yeah. I feel like he would have a defined value based on what he did. So that's kind of where I would land. And I think the Broncos will be heavy on the wide receiver position in this year's draft once again. Well, and I think maybe a supplement too, right? If the Broncos do part ways and decide to trade Cortland Sutton, look, they can maybe get a second round pick, which would give them leverage to maybe have a round two pick here in the NFL draft. But also we talk about the size that Cortland has. Well, there's another guy on the roster that obviously his contract is pretty extensive for Denver too. They could approach him. He's restructured two years in a row to create cap space for them. Tim Patrick, six foot four, six foot five. Could he step into that role that Cortland was playing this year and maybe produce at that level? Like I know Sean Payton, I can tell you that Sean Payton's very high on Tim. Sean Payton was 
had a pretty big role carved out for him in training camp before he tore his Achilles. That, I think, can help impact some things a little bit as well. It helps offset it, though it's a question mark, right? Because, all right, well, hey, you know, Tim's coming off back-to-back season-ending injuries in training camp, an ACL one year, an Achilles one year. Can he step into that role a year removed from an Achilles and play and produce big? I think he can, but there's no guarantee. And that's, I think, where the risk is associated here at that position. But I do, I agree with you. You know, they could just take dart throws here and, and see what they have. They, they obviously love Brandon Johnson. They need to find a way to use Marvin Mims even more. Jalen Virgil is a guy who is on track to make the 53 last year before he suffered the preseason injury. He's also back in the mix. So they might have a belief that they have some guys already on the team and they can add a couple of more to help supplement that production at that position. I think that might be something we do see here with the Denver Broncos. And look, Broncos catcher, we're eager for your thoughts on what the Broncos should do. Is If you had to get rid of one, if you can't keep both of them, but you had to choose one, who would you keep for the Broncos between Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy? Let us know in the YouTube comments, or you can tweet us on social media at Cody Work NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Lockdown Broncos, or get involved in the comments down below here. But one thing we are going to say, did the Broncos, before NFL free agency, before the NFL draft, did they address the inside linebacker position? We'll break it down because they made a move in the last 24 hours that could have some ripple effects on the position going into next season. We'll break it down on today's brand new episode of the show. Today's Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. The 2024 Nissan Rogue, it's perfect for city drives and great escapes. Class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything, and gone are the days of connecting your phone. The Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect mid-size crossover for your next adventure, or you could check out the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. It has room up to eight, an expansive cargo capacity, and advanced available 4x4 capability with 284 horsepower and up to 6,000 pounds towing. When adventure calls, the Pathfinder is there to answer. So take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure at ShopNissanUSA.com. Once again, ShopNissanUSA.com. Did the Broncos just address their inside linebacker position for the 2024 NFL season before the combine, before free agency, before the NFL draft? There's a really great possibility that they did. We'll break it down here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Real quick, want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, all the everydayers out there. Thanks for making the show part of your daily routine. Just a reminder, you can get us for free every single day, all year long throughout the entire offseason, because for the true fan, there's never an offseason. Hit that subscribe or follow button so you never miss out on what's going on with your favorite team every single day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Sir, you know, we were just talking about the other day, we are addressing the Broncos inside linebacker position. We were talking about how hard it is to kind of find unicorns in the sense that everybody wants the next Fred Warner, the Dre Greenlaws, or the Patrick Queens, the Roquan Smiths. There aren't many inside linebackers in the National Football League that are built like that, that can do the things that those guys can the Broncos have a guy on their roster that we even alluded to as well has the makeup to do some of those things. And that's Jonas Griffith, who was initially a restricted free agent. We talked about, hey, the team's got really good, you know, cost control on him. Well, and then you threw out the idea like the, the Broncos should just ex- instead of offering him the tender, original round tender, they should just extend him. That's what happened yesterday as they signed him to a one-year contract extension, obviously as first reported by his agency, Rock Nation Sports. And 
Jonas Griffith, as we all know, six foot four, 250 pounds, super athletic, ridiculous speed, sideline mobility, being able to get side to side. That's what the Broncos haven't had at the position, right? And I think the question here is, did Denver just address their inside linebacker position before all the craziness of the offseason? Did they get ahead of it? Oh, I can't help but wonder the same thing because, look, I mean, if you're re-signing for a one-year deal worth about, you know, a, a little less than a million, right, 985000 for Jonas Griffith, you you wonder a couple of things. If you if you weren't offered a ton of guaranteed money, what were you offered on the field to maybe just go ahead and accept that offer before testing free agency, before he could have gone and reunited with Vic Fangio out in Philadelphia where they need linebackers? I mean, he could go to any other situation why choose to resign in Denver after, you know, the injuries and kind of just maybe needing a fresh start? You can't help but wonder what the Broncos said to him about, hey, here's what our vision is for you on the field this year. We view you as the starter next to Alex Singleton. That's kind of where my tinfoil hat theory brain goes, Cody, when I'm thinking about why would he accept this offer right now instead of testing free agency at all? I think that's where we're going. I was reading Mike Kliss. Again, we'll reference Mike because obviously he's well-connected inside that building. He noted that Drew Sanders was more impressive as an outside linebacker to the team compared to inside linebacker. So does that play into, I know we had an episode yesterday about the edge position and whether or not Drew Sanders could be floating or maybe permanently off the edge. What is this? Uh, are we reading the right breadcrumbs here? Are we going the right direction? Are we seeing the Broncos say, hey, Alex Singleton, you know, maybe Josie Jewell, but then for sure Jonas Griffith now in the mix there at off-ball linebacker. Drew Sanders kind of maybe transitioning to that full-time role off the edge, which impacts every other decision that gets made this offseason, whether you go after guys in the draft off the edge, whether or not you go in free agency. It's all fascinating to me, but I think this one move, you're right. I mean, Jonas Griffith gives the Broncos a guy who can take on blocks very, very physical when he's healthy, man. Remember that 2022 season, was it? Or 2021, whichever one it was, they first traded for him where we were watching him play down 2021. Remember that final stretch of games where he had like 40 some odd tackles in four games. And we're like, Holy crap. Like this guy was supposed to be a special teams guy. Like and the Broncos kind of stumbled into an absolute machine. So if he can stay healthy, man, I think he could be a big time addition to this defense. Well, I just wrote about it to a mile high sports. I, I call it a low risk, high reward type of move because, you know, we talk about, okay, well, hey, San Francisco is two really good linebackers. Guess where he came from? He came from San Francisco. So, hey, there's um, some flexibility there with that. And, and look, I think ideal. Okay, if the Broncos move on from Josie Jewell or if Josie signs on with another team in free agency, all right, you have Jonas Griffith who will likely be the Mike. You'll have... Obviously, Alex Singleton will likely be the wheel linebacker for you. That's a pretty solid one-two punch, and we actually got a look at that in the preseason a couple of years ago. Unfortunately, I think it was the second or first, first or second play, Jonas Griffith dislocated his elbow, if I'm not mistaken, in one mm -hmm. of those matchups there. But also, if Denver's re-signed Josie Jewell, right? If Josie comes back and he and Singleton start, at worst, you have a really good backup and a super good special teams player for you as well. And maybe it's kind of a, hey, this one-year extension's Kind of, we know you're coming off of an injury, but it's also, hey, like prove it. And then we'll also look at maybe after next year, we'll look at a two-year extension or something along those lines. That to me, I think is where things get very interesting regarding the personnel here at inside linebacker. So much I think is going to be contingent. If Josie does not come back to Denver, I think it's clear as day. All right, hey, it's going to be Jonas. It's going to be Alex Singleton. That answers one of our questions going in there. And maybe, yeah, sure, maybe Denver in the draft could add a guy or 
more likely looking the the free agency route to maybe add a guy in the tier two or tier three wave of that portion, or they get an undrafted guy that can somehow shine off the charts a little bit. I mean, I'm not sure where Denver's at. They just have options right now. And I think at this point, having options, I mean, I, I see it all the time on social media. Like I get comments, well, the salary cap, the Broncos are 24 million over it. They're in a very manageable situation in comparison to what most people think. And I know everyone's wondering to see what's going on with the Russell Wilson contract. What happens there? There's a good chance, though, that, uh, you know, Denver's just fine and that they will be just fine from a financial standpoint. I'm very curious to see what Rich Hurtado, George Payton, and obviously Greg Penner and Sean Payton, how they all collaborate to say, okay, how can we put our team in the best position financially to make moves that give us a chance to make make some noise in 2024? That right here is a big question here for this franchise. So I'm excited about it. I, I, I really am. But I also, like I said, Jonas Griffith, low risk, high reward type player. And I know it's not like the flashy thing. You know, I think people are like, oh, well, they just, you know, they extended Jonas Griffith to a one year deal, $985,000. That's not making a big splash. Sometimes like going out and paying a guy big time money they, on paper, it looks like a splash, but then the reality is a lot different. We see it happen every year for every NFL team. There's always a signing every year that gets paid massive money and they don't perform. And, you know, when they get on the field after signing a mega contract, then there's the guys that, Hey, I got a one-year deal, $985,000. That's not a lot when you factor in agent fee, when you factor in NFL PA, union dues, and things like that. So much of it is contingent on it. So there's a lot of leverage and a lot of motivation for these guys to play with a bigger chip on their shoulder, especially if they get a one-year deal. But could pay off for a guy like Jonas Griffith. And look, Broncos country, we want to know what you think about Denver re-signing him. Do you feel like they've maybe addressed inside linebacker? What do you think about this move that Denver made in the last 24 to 48 hours? Let us know to YouTube comments down below, or you can message us on social media at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Locked on Broncos. But Broncos country, the buildup for the NFL combine continues. We're going to continue looking at this Broncos roster. We're going to look at some of the coaching moves that Denver has made. Now we have some established roles for guys like Pete Carmichael and obviously Jim Leonard coming into the mix here for the Broncos. We'll dive deeper to that on next week's episode, Locked on Broncos on Monday. You can catch it wherever you get your podcasts or you can catch it on YouTube. We'll see you then.